Welcome to the Texas Half Court Trap Podcast, a Project Spurs production. My name is Jonas Clark, a writer with the Project Spurs Network covering UTSA men's basketball. And uh, joining me again, Aaron Million, photographer and uh, staff writer at Project Spurs. Aaron, we're back. Episode two. How's it going, man? Yep, we are back from winter break. Uh, the teams are back from winter break. Kids are back on campus. And I mean, let's get into it, man. We are right back at it. Yes, sir. And, and you talk about that break. Uh, teams did have a, a brief moment off and you start the new year. Uh, it's basketball season. We're into conference play, new expectations. Everything before this point do- doesn't matter so much. Um, yeah, it's almost and- a new season, really. Those, those non-conference records don't really matter. Exactly. And speaking of new seasons, uh, for UIW, that's got to be the feeling here. Uh, we talked almost. The- <laughs> yeah, we talked in the first episode, our first podcast a couple weeks back. Go back and check it out on Project Spurs Network. But we, we talked about in the first episode, UIW, they had some COVID tests um, that had come back positive. They were on a two week break. Uh, and Aaron, they got things started off uh, last week against the Texas Tech men's basketball team. I know you're covering it. Yeah, man, you had a 51-79 loss at Tech in Lubbock. You know, it's kind of tough, especially coming out of a two-week mandatory quarantine period. Tough to get back in rhythm. Uh, Keaston Willis, Brandon Swaby, they did all they could. You know, they double-digit scoring in that game. But mostly, I mean, you're going against the 13th-ranked team in the nation. Yeah. You know, right after a quarantine, mandatory quarantine break. So that is really tough to get back into it. Kind of a humbling loss, kind of a, you know, getting back in rhythm game. They did have two home games, though, against McMurray. Back in the McDermott Center, you know, you get back home. They're still trying to get fans back in the center. But they did get two home, two home wins this weekend. We had a 71-92 on Friday and then a, an 81-54 victory over McMurray. So that's, that's really nice on those go. as well. You know, uh, it's really important also to just try and stay playing you know that you are playing you know let's keep this keep the season going as well so you're coming off of that texas tech game that's almost a scheduled loss before you have covid issues you know losing four games and then that's your first game back against the number 13 team in the nation that's 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 even tougher so keiston willis also he's back at it you know he added 34 points in that second game that's a that's a huge scoring break coming from him you had about five uiw players uiw cardinals that were in double figures you know brandon swaby's adding 15 Des Ballantyne, 11. Bradley Akile, he's getting 10. And Logan, he's adding 10 as well. So, you know, they have the depth. They have that rotation figured out. The kids are getting minutes. They're getting buckets while they're playing, too. So they're looking really good in those last two games against McMurray. McMurray did challenge them a little bit more in the first game than the second, you know, the run off of it. It is really tough, too, to play two games back-to-back within 24 hours. I mean, you're playing right back where you were. It's nice, maybe less travel, but you can kind of tell in that second game, you have lower scoring on both teams. Murray just, you know, they couldn't keep up in that second one. You had the Cardinals running away 81 to 54. Yeah. And, and when you play the same opponent and back to back nights, I think that even the Spurs are kind of seeing that too, where <laughs> your, your exactly. other, other team is more prepared for you on that second night. But what you like to see out of that, and you, you talk about the scoring output, you're coming off of a break, uh, yeah. off of, you know, time away from the program because you're everybody who's forced to quarantine. So yeah, they're not even allowed to practice and they're coming yeah. out and dropping buckets their first game. So points, as long as their rhythm points. is good. You do miss Drew Lutz. You know, he's out for a couple of weeks, maybe with a sprained ankle, I think, or something lower leg. But hopefully we can get him back, you know, especially these next few games coming up. You have Northwestern State 
in Louisiana, as well as New Orleans. So, you know, these two games on Wednesday and uh, Saturday, they'll be in New Orleans, kind of another regional trip. You know, you just stay on the road, stay out there, stay active and, you know, try and get a couple wins. A hundred percent. And what's unique about what they're doing in the Southland Conference is they're not doing so many back-to-backs. We, we saw it with the McMurray State, but you got mm-hmm. two different opponents within a three, a four-day uh, span coming right, up. Right. But for Texas State, on the other hand, uh, with how things are being handled in the Sunbelt Conference, uh, that is a little bit different. You go to the NCAA protocols of uh, the the two game series right. on a weekend, right? Uh, and, with- you know, touching on that, Jonas, the Sunbelt Conference just announced today that all basketball contests on Fridays will be moved to four p.m. tip offs. You know, you and I are a fan of that. You know, getting in there before traffic, especially, you can get out. You know, we're trying to get back and forth from one game to another. I know we're going to be doing that this weekend, but that is an interesting beat. Uh, what do you think is going on with that? I think it just comes down to maybe even TV scheduling because you can't have fans, <laughs> yeah. you can't have fans in the stands. And if you uh, have ESPN Plus, then you've seen that the Roadrunners are on there. The Bobcats are on there. And well. so maybe it's just uh, a little bit better conference in terms of USA, uh, Conference USA, <laughs> uh, getting priority over the Sun Belt. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start. Oh, no. <laughs> for a second. But uh, it could be just that um, in terms of what the TV programming is looking for. Conference USA, go ahead and stay that six, seven o'clock tip off and then uh, moving the Sun Belt up to four o'clock. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of it. It allows me to not have to have two screens going on in two games at the same well, time. Yeah, man. Hey, year. I'm a fan of it because I'll be covering the Texas State game and I'm going to, you know, zip down 35 in this half court trap covering all these teams. We're going to be at UTSA Friday night as well. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it allows you to get in and out of those games quicker. Uh, Aaron, before we wrap up here with Texas State, I want to transition briefly. I know this is big news. I barely have this is half court trap podcast, Texas half court trap podcast. And so we, we that's focused on basketball, but coming out of the football world. Wow, man. Yeah. So we have what might be the highest rated recruit in program history. Ty Evans, the number 23 ranked quarterback nationally, you know, he just signed for Texas state. It's assumed probably later today, earlier tomorrow, depending on, you know, the time we get this podcast out, we're recording it on a Monday morning. But, man, hey, if rumors hold up, wow, that's that's pretty big. You know, he's number one ranked QB out of Colorado in 2018. little dicey now. Maybe a little quarterback controversy brewing up in San Marcos. Who knows? There you go. And it's just big for the program. You know, let's big, be honest. Big splash. And I think that that's going to help. Uh, maybe even the conversations you and I were talking before we, we came on here about the, you know, having the I-35 rivalry in football next year, whether that's going to right. happen or not. And uh, you, you increase the quarterback play in a, in a, in a series that was already so close and so close. Yeah. Double overtime. Yeah. And you know, Brady McBride, the Bobcats starting, starting quarterback, he's held out of that game due to COVID quarantine protocols. So, you know, that's even tough right there. Yeah. In terms of just the QB, you know, scenario now, you know, McBride had a really good, he closed out the the season very well. You know, it it is going to be interesting now. This is a pretty high profile quarterback. Is there, you know, a little bit of a competition going into spring ball? I think McBride is, you know, the the starter going into it, but Ty Evans, I mean, he can ball, he can earn it. You never know what happens. It's always good to have options at quarterback. Um, Absolutely. It's always good to have options and not go to a default. 
All right, Aaron, before we leave the 5-1-2, I want to bring it back to Bobcat basketball. Now they're coming off of a one-and-one weekend, right, against the uh, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Yeah, man, you know, they're coming back from Louisiana one-and-one. One. That first game did go into overtime, 77-83. Tough loss, but as you say, you know, you get, you're real familiar with this opponent in that second game, and, you know, they end up coming back that second one, 71-59 dub. You know, that's – I think – I think winning the second game honestly matters a little bit more to me. Just, you know, if you you miss those first two, it happens. If you get, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So they learned their lesson with that first one. It is tough. You know, you lose a close game in overtime by six points. It's all right. You know, it's going to happen. They did come back and, you know, they they ran them off the court that second one, which is really nice. Caleb Asbury, man, he's he's still hooping. He had 12 points in uh, the uh, first game. And, you know, it's really it's really tough, too. Because he actually was the Pioneer Challenge MVP. He's coming off of 24 points per game and three points or three assists and three steals. So you're trying to find all these guys' minutes. Their guard rotation is really thick. And, you know, any Bobcat that gets on the court, it seems like they start getting buckets with Marlon Davis and Mason Harrell. And that first game against the UL, you have four Bobcats in double figures. Small, he plays huge, 24 points. Adams with 13, Asbury adds 11, and Mason Harrell, you know, he's still red hot right now, averaging 16. He adds 11 right there. Game two, Small adds 18 as well. Asbury, you know, simple, 12 points, 10 off the bench for Harrell, and 10 for Scott as well. Davis adds eight. So they have the scoring. They have the rotation. The Bobcats seem like they're getting into form. And this is the time of year to do it because you're in conference play. The split weekend puts Texas State one and one in the conference, seven and four overall. And at one and one, right there in the middle of everything, um, with only Little Rock and Louisiana Monroe undefeated in conference play right now. But as we get prepared for this weekend, uh, we talked about the we talked about the change in the TV schedule. Uh, this is going to be important because you don't want to fall too behind. Aaron, what are the Bobcats looking at this week? So against Arkansas State, as you said, Friday at 4 p.m., we'll be at that game. I'm saying, really, man, you got to just get into your offense sooner. We talked, we touched a little bit about that in the first podcast, really to just, you know, bring that point home. It's not that their offense is lacking. It's not that they can't move the ball. The motion offense looks great when they're swinging it back and forth. The problem is that they don't get into that motion offense because they're getting pressured in the backcourt or the half-court trap podcast. Once you get over that line, it's almost a new one, man. You got to get into your half-court offense and execute. A lot of these points these guys are getting are off of athleticism, fast break. Mason Harrell, he's the head of the snake. He's running it, man. I mean, they look good. They look great. It's what happens when the other team starts playing defense on you, switches things up, locks things down. That's where I think that game slips away from them in overtime. And, you know, they did bounce back, but maybe let's not have to learn the lesson. Maybe just, you know, win the game, the first one, and then you kind of establish that dominance going into your second game against your opponent. They have Arkansas State. Again, it's a, it's going to be a 24-hour swing, 4 o'clock on Friday, 4 o'clock on, sa- on Saturday. Let's let's try and win that first game. If you're asking, you know, what what's one thing I'm hoping for, fingers crossed, let's win the first game to where you go into the second game, and they are the ones with a little bit more pressure on them. Exactly. And when you talk about the importance of that back-to-back, the second one being a lot, uh, game allowing you to make adjustments to what you saw the first night for the Bobcats, it worked out. They lost the first night. They won the second night for Arkansas state. Didn't quite work out that way. They lost both <laughs> games. They start Owen two in the Sunbelt conference. And, and uh, this is again, that point where you come out, you start hot, 
make your adjustments from what you saw in the first night. And hopefully by the end of it, uh, you know, we fin- you we come on next week and wrap up this week. And you're looking at the Bobcats at three and one fingers crossed. Worst case scenario, you could find yourself tied exactly, at the bottom man. with Arkansas State. If you drop you know, both two, this is early. Conference play. We're not exactly sure how conference tournaments are going to work out this season, you know, with the bubble aspect of things. But hey. Getting a conference win against you at Louisiana, it's pretty tough. We just saw how tough it is to beat these Raging Cajuns. You know, we did have this breakoff in between, but going out of it, we have to kind of switch back again, Jonas. UTSA football, man. Let's talk about that bowl game. You know, it, it is pretty tough. As we said, it was it was against the Raging Cajuns on a, ABC, ESPN, First Responders Bowl. I want to ask you, man, let me put on my interview cap for a second what were your major takeaways from this man you know you and i we covered the team all season you had some really bang up written coverage of the team all year and you know we weren't able to get out to the bowl game i was trying you were trying you know it's not in the cars this week this year hopefully next season you know we get another bowl game opportunity as well with roadrunners what's your overall takeaway on the season man you know putting a stamp on it what, what did you think I mean, it's hard to walk away from this season um, and not feel so optimistic right. uh, as to where this program is going. You you rewind the clock, and I know we always replay, <laughs> but you rewind the clock back to December of last year, and Coach Trailer was just being brought in um, to take over this program, and what they brought him in for. When you go back and you look at the the university's announcements to bring him in, he was bringing culture. Yeah. And he was bringing accountability as well as Absolutely. recruiting. Recruiting was, it was a very important part of it, but that culture could not have been more important in any other year than the challenges faced. In yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And so you look at somebody who, who could be in talks for a, a coach of the year, uh, even within his own conference, you know, if conference USA coach of the year would be phenomenal. You talk about the turnaround. It's almost a 360 or rather a <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 360 to go all the way around. See, but it's a 180 uh, rather for the program to, to finish seven and totally five agree. is great, but you look at that bowl game and it's just like the rest of the season. They were in it every up game to the end. They Absolutely. Were against the number 19 team in the country in a prime time. Game. Uh, they were, prime time so they can show up when the Absolutely. lights are on but they uh there were a couple of players talked after the game um you know quarterback frank harris and rashad wisdom uh you know two uh all conference level players uh, spoke with the media after the game both of them kind of said yeah i mean we got there but it we didn't right. finish and so we want to get to that point so there's optimism moving forward in the program about okay now we've shown we Absolutely. can hang. now it's about closing the deal on some of these games and um they they did things right the defense created an opportunity in the second half the first half of the game was awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was bad but but you create a turnover you know you create a turnover there early in the third quarter you find some momentum and uh ultimately uh it, it was a close game uh I'll pull up that final score with the first responders both 31 to 24 uh nobody i think really had it being that close with an opportunity for UTS. Or, I mean, dude, d- did you really think a bowl game? You know, they say at the beginning of the season, everybody's bowl eligible, you know, fingers crossed, see how that works. But UTSA ends up making it, you know, that's their second bowl game in program history. As you just said, man, they are in position. You talked about one big takeaway from this season for me, momentum, man. I mean, keep this momentum exactly. going. As you just said, you know, 
not a 360, but a 180 from where they were this time last year. But introduced trailer, man, did he deliver on some promises or what in terms of recruiting? You know, I love the, you know, you're born here, play here. San Antonio, Central Texas, there are a lot of amazing, talented recruits in this area that if you can just be that big namesake for them in high school, especially, you know, they want to come to Roadrunner games. They're excited in the Alamo Dome. They play. Sometimes, you know, your high school playoffs are in the Alamo Dome. That's insane. Just to see where Jeff Trailer has really taken this program in a year. I'm excited to see what we're going to be talking about in another year from now, man. Just keep going. Keep moving forward. Birds up. 100%. And the opportunity to bring back a lot of those guys with the added fifth-year eligibility or just the the bonus-year eligibility, right. sixth-year for some guys. Right. And, um, you know, Frank. Frank Harris has been around for, <laughs> for it feels like forever. You know, Frank, you know, funny story. Shout shirt. out to Frank, friend of the show. Frank actually had surgery today. I think he was saying, you know, he, he fixed something in his knees. He said, I'm actually 6'3 now. He said he got taller. He said, y'all need to make fun of, stop making fun of him for being knocked. <laughs> so wishing Frank Harris, you know, a great recovery friend of the show, man. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him next year. Yeah, he tweeted out today, my knees are finally straight. <laughs> yeah. You see, you know, He's a guy who gets up looking like an old man. He actually mentioned that uh, in the first responders bowl, uh, he, he was pulled out. They sent him out of the game because he got up walking funny. He says, man, I always get up walking funny. <laughs> funny. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, where where the UTSA football program is going uh, with a new head coach and everything, you look aside, across now as we transition into basketball season. Steve Henson's had a couple of years, a couple of years of good success mm-hmm. on building this program. And a lot of it, and you talk about star players on the backs of Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace. Uh, Aaron, I know, I know you're watching the games this, this season two covering for Project Spurs. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, the runners sitting at four and five right now. You know, it is kind of tough. I, I can't remember the last time the runners had a losing record. You know, they just come off these last two losses in Houston against Rice. They lost on a Friday, 86 to 95. You know, it's a tough one right there. And in terms of these bounce back games, Conference USA, again, you know, 24 hour schedule, they stay in Houston and end up losing 69 to 84 to Rice again on on Saturday. So Jonas, you know, what are your takeaways from those two games, man? It's a little tough. I I don't, I can't remember the last time UTSA lost two games. And I honestly can't recall a back to back at least. And you you look at at this season and just kind of all the uh, adversity that they're facing and, um, but you got to go to the coach trailer quote, right? It's, you know, can you make an opportunity out of the adversity? Cause everybody has to face it. Not just football. Yeah. It's not just football, but when you look at the last two games, Friday was a great game. Okay. Uh, they shot they shot the roof off the gym. Both teams were above forty uh, percent from three through most of the game until UTSA had to try and shoot some uh, some deep baskets there late to catch back up. And you had uh, it was on coming out of Friday, uh, the um, the Rice Owls scored. Uh, 13 of the last 15 points in that game. So it was tied all, it was, it was a tight game all the way down the stretch. And wow. it was a game of, it was a game of runs. And, and so you would just see point swings of, of seven and nine or 12 points, just kind of yeah, go either way back and forth. And so you really liked what you saw and both teams. Uh, like I said, shot it well. You had Travis Evie of the Rice Owls had a career night, tied a program record uh, with eight three-point shots uh, on Friday on his way to 36 points. Keaton Wallace had a great night, a uh, great afternoon rather, starting that game with 16 points in the first half and went, uh, I believe it was uh, five, 
three-point shots uh, consecutive made, you know, in a row without a wow. for Keaton. And so it was great. But you come back to Saturday, you talk about momentum, right? We just got done talking about momentum. Momentum shifted in that last couple minutes on Friday in favor of the Rice Owls. Like I said, they scored uh, 13 to outscored UTSA 13 to two in the closing minutes to pull out that win on Friday. And then they just came out firing on Saturday and never let up. Uh, you had the UTSA was down at one point by over 30 points. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was a bad affair. It, it, right out of the gate, within within the first three and a half minutes, they were already up ten to two, and you did have UTSA outscore uh, outscore Rice in the second half, uh, and it, and it, but by that point, the damage was already done. And coach, yeah, Henson, a little bit late. Yeah, and Coach Henson was just looking for an answer. Everybody played in that game, and he was just looking for an answer, some kind of spark, and he did end up finding it. And uh, one Jordan Ivy Curry, a freshman, he had 15 points all in the second half to tie the wow. team lead with Keaton Wallace, uh, the freshman from Lamar. He came, he came off the bench, just was the spark. And um, it, it was, it was rough. Like I said, all up and down the score sheet, when you only had your high score is only 15 points and it doesn't, and, and you look at your, your point leaders and Javon Jackson's name is not up there. Uh, yeah. It's, it's cause for concern, uh, but then you even look at the at the big side of it. Yeah, you know, you know, you were saying before we even got on too that you know the, what was this point total? Of the, these two guys have the highest active point totals for active players right now. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, Javon Jackson leads all of college basketball in career uh, active players, right? In career right. <laughs> points scored, uh, and Keaton Wallace also is top ten, working his way up that list, but. Both of those guys have led UTSA through three seasons, and here you are in year four, and they're having career lows through eight games. And I want to put that asterisk there. Through eight games, this is early, a very unique offseason. But uh, you look at it, and Javon is only averaging, and I say only averaging 16 points, but when you talk about a guy – That's a very human – Right. He's coming back down to earth in a sense. He's le- he was second yeah. in the nation in scoring last year at just over 26. I think it was 26.8 points per game. So 16, a 10-point drop-off is reason for concern. And Keaton Wallace yeah. is only dra- averaging 13 points, uh, his second lowest in his career um, since his freshman season. And you look at just this last game, they combined in the second game, they combined for just twenty for just twenty five points, but also nine fouls can't happen. Yeah, that's tough. And, and, you know, that's really good on Jonas as well. A lot of these guys, you know, it, it seems that we pair them together a little bit. You know, Keaton Wallace and Javon Jackson. I know they're each individual players or each individual scores and they're all Batman right. and Robin. This is a dynamic. Exactly, duo. exactly. They're the best backcourt arguably in the nation. So I exactly. do like to pair you know them together. Game one and game two, you're very right. You know, Keaton, I, it's really tough to see, you know, either of them struggle. As you said earlier, too, it, if one is on fire, it seems the other might be trying to get in rhythm. We, we've yet to see them both really in rhythm this season. And that, that's a lot of what we were seeing last season. You know, they're both exploding at the same time. That's always fun and dynamic. But when one is struggling or you're doing one or the other, it's really hard to kind of keep that same, the same scoring output that we're, we're expecting almost. 
Right. And right now it seems to be even Keaton who has the hotter hand. Um, he had the great first half on Friday. Uh, like I said before, he had, he tied the team lead with 15 points in the second game, but the second game really was just, it was three point production. You look at both programs and when you shoot 23%, you go five of 21 from beyond the arc. And you allow Rice to shoot close to 40%. They shot over 50% for two games in a row. You're going to lose those games. You, you, you just can't. That's tough. Yeah, uh, it's very you, tough. Yeah, you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a rough situation. And what, the, what can UTSA do at this point to get them comfortable? Is it going to be just games? You know, this, is, this is your senior year. And you wonder why are those two guys specifically kind of struggling and it could go back to the unique offseason, but it could also be you don't see many players go into year four just, in college yeah, basketball. Just about to say that, Jonas, and that we have two of the highest scoring players in the nation. You never really see them stick around as long as Javon Jackson has, especially you know scoring. He's getting looks at the league. He's getting looks at overseas. It's very interesting to see, even with an extra year of eligibility, how exactly this backcourt will finish their time together here as roadrunners. Yeah, I mean, because there's a reason why Zion Williamson isn't number one in, in points, and it's because he only sticks around for a year. Right, um, right. You, you know, so that's why you don't see big program guys to lead that list. But the quite, you know, so it comes back to you, you're playing your, your fourth go around within the conference. And by this point, you got to assume that guys are preparing for you a little bit better. They've seen what you can do. Right. This is a year where you have to add more to your game, elevate it, especially if you want those looks uh, as as a, dr- a potential draft pick. I think that it would be amazing for the program for for one of them or both of them to go in the second round. That would be high right. point. Uh, undrafted <laughs> free agency is probably most more likely, and then um, you know overseas is going to should be an option for both of them. Um, oh, fallback, yeah. European or Mexico, you know, Mexican basketball or, or something of that like. But while you have these guys having a drought, your two stars are having a rough go at it. That that's the time for maybe coach Henson to find something else. And that's what he was looking for in this last game. He found a spark in Ivy Curry uh, with his guard play. And he really seemed to rely on his guards, uh, Aaron, to, get his team back into this one. I want to look at the stats. Yeah, man. If you're asking me, man, I just think he has the, the, the big guards, man. Zumball and Ivy Curry. I mean, it seems like these guys should be playing wing, and instead they're bringing the ball up and initiating the offense. So, you know, I think exactly as you're saying, you know, when maybe your star players aren't going, go to your bench, see what else is going on, see if someone else has a hot hand. Or, you know, a lot of these guys are freakish athleticism. You know, UTSA, we say it all the time, you know, they, they hype themselves up in a year where you're having a limited fan capacity or, you know, some of these games, the right, the rice game, I believe was played in, in an empty arena. You got to bring your yeah. own energy. You got to bring your own, you bring your own hype, bring your own crowd. Your bench is your crowd. And so, you know, you, you got to, you know, play hard. It, it happens. It, it's tough, especially, you know, without you people cheering you on, but you've got to bring it yourself. If you're, if you're going to be looking at these offers overseas, if you're going to be looking at these offers from the league. You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to, you're going to have to be able to stay consistent and stay at, at what you're good at. Yeah. And when you talk about the energy and you go back to the games we had here in the convocation center and Lamar university, I stands out to me because they were chanting defense. Their bench was <laughs> chanting defense, which you normally get from the crowd, but they were trying to get their own guys back into it. But 
so so UTSA has to find an answer. Agreed. And I think for me, while your guards, your two star guards are having issues scoring, you got I think that you you go to a different advantage on the team, which I think is going to be size. Right. And it was very interesting to me down the stretch um, against Rice. And the Bryce had some great bigs. Uh, Fiedler had a great weekend. He had a double-double on uh, on Friday, the only only player to record a double-double on Friday. And then he followed it up with a pretty strong performance on Saturday uh, going uh, – he had 18 points, second most That's in the game. Tough. Uh, and and a perfect a perfect eight of eight on field goals because he's a postman. And that's what he's he does. High efficiency, um, high efficiency scoring. Exactly. And so when you're trying to get back into a game, you've got to go on high efficiency, and that that comes from your post. And what bothers me a little bit with in this lat and the second game against Rice is that Coach Henson leaned on his guards instead of going big. Jacob Germany has been a high a strong point, a high point in his development Agreed. this year, and. He had um, he had 11 points in just 23 minutes, and I say just because Keaton Wallace struggled, but he was out there on the floor for 30 minutes. Javon struggled, but he was out there for 28 minutes and only had 10 points. Zumbel was out there for 31 yeah, minutes and only had two that points. That is a lot of time. So, yeah, so you're running your guards all this. Try to get big. And when I say try to get big, and uh, well, something so uh, Jacob Germany stands out for me big time you know only the 11 points in, in just 23 minutes but Luca Barisic and it was his birthday the other day <laughs> and it was a happy belated birthday but he didn't get a birthday present from coach Henson because he only got seven minutes and was and was not able to score in the game he only had but he on, only had two attempts and both were from three yeah two attempts two so fouls wanna, yeah so I want to see when you can't get the guards going, you've got to go to the post game and at least try that. I understand again, Fiedler had a great game. So combat that with your size. Um, and that's something that I'm watching for this week. Yeah. Especially going into this prepares for North Texas. Absolutely. That's just about to say that. Yeah. We really are expecting, you know, another double header, another great performance, hopefully, uh, you know, bounce back double victory for the Roadrunners, especially, you know, obviously we root for the teams that we cover. We're hoping Texas state, you know, gets a couple of wins this weekend against UL and we're also, or Arkansas state. We're also hoping that the Roadrunners can do pretty well against North Texas. So, you know, going into this, man, we're really excited about it. Really excited about getting back into the things, swinging things with the projects first network on our half court trap podcast. Stay here with us. Uh, Jonas, what, what's your Twitter handle? Let's, let's do some shameless plugs here. What is it? For sure, man. Yeah. Uh, so if, yeah, we're at all the games, uh, putting out articles on, on these teams. And so, uh, at Jark Clonus on Twitter, J A R K C L O N A S. Um, I put out the the halftime recap. So if you missed the first half and you're just tuning in for the second half, uh, you can quick get, get a quick download and, and read up on what happened in the first half. But then uh, the post game afterwards is, I think, where you get the full picture of what what, what happened on the court. And uh, so feel free to give me a follow and find my articles at ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, cover cover images for those articles as well as some great photo galleries, some in-depth coverage, as well as live data analytics on the Project Spurs networks. Uh, A7RON, that's the Twitter and the Instagram. Follow us, subscribe, live, click, whatever it is you want to do. We will be here, Texas Half Court Trap, with the podcast coming in. Anything else for you, Jonas? 
No, I think that, you know, just as we get out of here, be sure to check out all of our, our work at ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Follow Project Spurs at Project Spurs on Twitter. And, uh, you know, go Cardinals. We're pulling for y'all. Keep it going. Bobcats, good luck this weekend. And uh, UTSA, birds, birds up. up. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll catch you guys next week on another podcast as we wrap up um, this week with the half-court trap and we see how uh, everything plays out this weekend. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Arlissa. Appreciate it. Right on. <laughs>